Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. I'm Kathleen Hayes, my co-host Pim Fox, on vacation this week. We're going to be taking a look at oil. The price is down about 47 bucks a barrel after being firmly above uh, 50 bucks for just a few weeks. Will a uh, kind of bottleneck caused by oil field services help boost that oil price again? Well, our guest coming up on the show now, Sean Heinroth from A.T. Kearney in Houston. He says, don't count on it. He's got a very fascinating explanation. And we're going to take a look at the breaking news in the last half hour. Apple facing a potential tax bill running into billions of euros as the EU poises to release a finding into its dealings with Ireland as soon as tomorrow. Well, we don't have to wait to tomorrow for this. Charlie Pellet's in the newsroom, and he's got a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I thank you, Kathleen Hayes. Let's begin with Apple shares now trading unchanged. 106.96 on shares of Apple. You were mentioning crude oil, West Texas Intermediate, down 1.5%, falling 70 cents a barrel on WTI. 46.93 right now. Brent crude down 1.1%, down 56 cents. 49.37. Natural gas heading the other direction, up now by three tenths of 1%, 2.88 per million BTUs on natural gas. Oil is declining amid doubts that producers will agree on a deal to stabilize the market when global suppliers meet next month for informal talks. Jason Schenker is chief economist at Prestige Economics. He was interviewed this morning on Bloomberg Television. The tone of this is very different than anything we've seen in a while from OPEC. Uh, you know, they've had side meetings before, but they haven't been formally announced uh, with a press release directly from the OPEC secretariat. And you've got different members saying they might do this, they might do this. Uh, you know, and I... I don't think personally that they're going to change their production levels, but the fact that that could be on the table if prices fall further is something that has stemmed prices here. And we will have more on oil coming up right here on Taking Stock. Herbalife shares trading higher after billionaire Carl Icahn bought more than 2.3 million shares in the embattled nutrition company that has the uh, high profile, that is the high profile target of fellow billionaire activist investor Bill Ackman. Herbalife up now by 3.9%. 2.32 on Wall Street now. Let's take a look at other news from around the world. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Matt Miller. One of Hillary Clinton's closest aides, Huma Abedin, said she's separating from her scandal-plagued husband, former Congressman Anthony Weiner. Weiner resigned from Congress in 2011 after he was caught texting intimate pictures of himself to women. There's now a report that he again exchanged sexually charged messages with another woman. The White House says the United States today is meeting President Obama's goal of admitting 10,000 Syrian refugees during the current fiscal year. After a slow start, the administration was able to hit the goal a month ahead of schedule. Brazil's suspended president has made an emotional appeal to keep her job. Dilma Rousseff urged senators today to vote against her impeachment. She said it would amount to her death sentence and would put Brazil's democracy at risk. Julia Lechi, Bloomberg's Sao Paulo bureau chief, spoke with Bloomberg Television. She mentioned that a few times people people kept asking her, will you resign, will you resign? And she says, it's just not in me. I don't give up. I don't fight. And she kept saying she's not fighting for her term. She's fighting for democracy and justice and just reiterated that she is innocent of the crimes she's being accused of. 
Businesses on North Carolina's Outer Banks are watching tropical weather systems that could rain out one of the last busy weeks of the summer tourist season. One tropical depression is about 300 miles southeast of the Cape Hatteras beaches and is moving northeast. In the Gulf of Mexico, another tropical depression is churning west of Key West. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by over 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Matt Miller. This is Bloomberg. And we thank you. And again, recapping, uh, stocks are rallying with the S&P 500 index up 12, a gain of six-tenths of 1%. The 10-year up 19.30 seconds, the yield 1.56%. I'm Charlie Peloton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Taking stock of the energy market. You step back. Two big forces at work, many say a global supply glut uh, that has not been sufficient and really reduced. Others say, well, global demand that keeps rising. Sooner or later, that oil price will not only surpass 50 bucks a barrel, but will head to 60, 70, even higher. Our next guest is looking at oil field services. This may be key, this part of the industry, to how prices perform next. Sean Heinroth is a principal oil and gas at the consulting firm A.T. Kearney, and he's joining us from Houston, Texas, the heart of U.S. oil country. Sean, welcome. Hey, thank you very much, Kathleen. Happy to be here. So uh, tell us broadly how the oil field services fits into the industry right now and why it's so important to your outlook for how quickly oil prices can rise and how long they can stay at higher levels. Uh, a couple of things, Kathleen. I think that the oil field service industry as a whole uh, is a very complementary piece to what determines ultimately what we're able to supply uh, in the energy side of the equation. So they work with operators and provide a lot of the technology and, and frankly, just the labor that goes into uh, providing the oil and gas that uh, is ultimately consumed in the petrochemical and refining industries. And so uh, they are one half of that equation in a sense. Okay. And so what is the state of the oil field services? What's what's the struggle? Why is this going to be uh, so important to the outlook for oil? I think a, a couple of things that have gone on here. Uh, as we entered into late 2014, we had – uh, a very typical oversupply in the industry that we see periodically on the order of every five to ten years. Uh, a couple of things that were different uh, that happened back in 2014 and continue today. One is uh, with the oversupply, it came at a time when there were a couple of sluggish economies, uh, both throughout Asia and Europe. So we didn't get that normal response to lower fuel prices uh, that come with an oversupply situation. The second that's uh, more interesting and more specific to oil field services is this promise of unconventionals uh, here in North America, and we're beginning to see evidence of it in other uh, regions of the world, it has begun to take uh, full effect. And uh, with that, the oil field service companies have been at the forefront really of defining uh, that promise through the technology and through the capital investments uh, that they've made on their half uh, that are really complementary to a lot of the funds that the operators were pushing into the industry. Uh, and I'll say, for instance, 
if we look just at the Permian Basin here out in West Texas and New Mexico, uh, compared to two years ago, uh, well activity as determined by oil field services companies is down almost 70%, yet production is almost flat. It's, it's roughly 5% down. And a lot of that uh, efficiency or productivity growth has really been enabled through advancements that the oil field service companies uh, have been able to create through R&D programs and through uh, efficiency programs that really the operators are standing to benefit from. So, in other words, people have been kind of worried about, oh, the energy market uh, uh, being you know, so many layoffs, under-maintained yeah. assets, that, so the oil field services will be this big bottleneck as demand for crude begins to uh, pick up, and that could cause prices to rise. You're kind of letting us know, maybe not, maybe, probably not. Uh, yeah. What about uh, also, though, the uh, the OPEC meeting, you know, next month, informal talks for all these big global suppliers are going to be taking place. How is that going to enter into, what's the key question to the price of oil ahead of that? I think uh, when I think about what OPEC is able to do, certainly the decisions that come out of those meetings have the potential to create an uptick in the market, uh, maybe through just a shifting of uh, kind of the, the depression that's taken place in the market. I think a lot of people, have, you know, thought a year ago this market would already have begun its recovery, and here we are a year later, effectively below or, or at where we were this time last summer. Um, but frankly, any decision that's made by OPEC and, and some of the other large uh, producing companies, I have a feeling will be more temporary in nature and really delay the inevitable. Uh, when I look at the numbers and, and uh, the reserve potentials, uh, you know, the the unconventional base that's here in North America and other regions around the world has the potential to really disrupt uh, OPEC and other large producing nations' ability to really regulate and control the market. Maybe they can do it in the next couple years, but uh, I think they're reaching the end of their rope in terms of overall okay. demand and what percentage they control of that. Where's the price of oil going next? Are you suggesting maybe uh, it's uh, going down because there's not going to be this bottleneck, or where do you see oil going from here? I think there'll be some short-term volatility of it, depending on what happens uh, in next month's meetings. But when I look at the fundamentals, it supports a more moderate growth position uh, in terms of pricing over the next several years. And so uh, we will get back to those 70 and $80 uh, pricing levels, but that will come partly through inflation and partly through uh, increased demand over an extended period of time. Sean Heinroth, thank you so very much for joining us. Principal for Oil and Gas at the consulting company A.T. Kearney in Houston, Texas. So up next, we are going to be taking a look at a couple of very big stories. In particular, Apple. It may be facing billions of euros in tax arrears, according to an EU decision pending that we don't know for sure yet. This is Bloomberg. Caesars Entertainment, can it... Remove one more logjam ahead of the road to getting out of bankruptcy. Another big story today coming up on Taking Stock, Bloomberg Radio.